to fuck with me way back then, but how about now? Cause I'm up right now. Like I'm saying, bro, Drizzy always cooking up a new dance, breaking new records like Lance. You were stepping from Toronto to London to France. Crazy, crazy times we're living, baby. This is Zaid, ladies and gentlemen. I read the books, guarantee. But it's a shot I know the streets coming to you live from Not Sin City LV. This is still unfiltered vitamin Z. I am uh, back in Spain where I'm a grad student. So we are no longer bringing you triple digit heat, triple digit toastiness, unfortunately, and I missed the shit out of it in a in a in a way, because last night was like fifty seven. I was inside and I walked outside. It was like fifty seven to sixty degrees Fahrenheit, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking cold. That is that's some winter type shit." And it's August. Like, are you kidding me? It was so cold, my whole body was shivering. I was in shorts and a shirt. I uh, I went home and put on a hoodie and pants because just I was just too damn cold. I was there were some days where it's like 115 in Vegas. That is almost double what it was last night. You know you know what I mean. And here's the thing, I a lot of times when I was recording or even ideas for this was like if it's 107, 110. You know I've even sat outside like 113, 115 for a minute. Like I'll be sweating. From my forehead, my ha- my hair, my armpits, my back, but I'm still comfortable. Like my body, like I'm, I actually enjoy. Like I, I know, like I am sweating, and uh, and I got headphones, but I'm, I'm still chilling. I can still smoke. I can still, you know, eat or or watch something. Like it doesn't, doesn't really concern me. Like I, I, I prefer it in a lot of ways. And a, a lot of people escape the heat. A lot of people, it's because of the heat, don't eat in the winter. Like a lot of Arabs, like eat back home and, and even in, in Florida, because you know. Ramadan is, uh, you know, as a fasting month, you know, in general, Islamic and Jews follow a lunar calendar. So Ramadan moves up, um, move up or back up, I guess, like every 10 days. So it changes more or less every 10 days. You know, of course, there's some variations and we wait for the moon and all that. But in, in general, you have about 10 days of, of a change. So like I remember as a kid, okay, uh, maybe a decade ago, being around this time, August, September-ish, fall, and then closer to the winter was Eid al-Adha, which is the second uh, holiday after the end of Ramadan, which is usually about 75 days after. So, But then you, when you have it in the summer, so now you're fasting in the summer, in the heat, and it's like, oh, what are we going to cook, and what are we going to eat? Like, you just, in a way, it kills your appetite, the heat, and there's something about the cold and people in cold places and having more meat on them. Yeah, they, not only do, do, are you inclined to eat more to warm your body more, you know, you want some more fat in you, but it's like a natural reaction to uh, eat more sweets and stuff like that. Even, I think, you know, maybe, I'm not mistaken, I don't know of any research, but I'm assuming people would probably drink and smoke more too, simply because it's colder. Um, and you know, it's almost like your body's like, give me more. And then when your body's hot, it's like, give me less. Like I want less clothes, less food, less everything. Like I'm chilling. So yeah, we are here in, in, in fucking Spain. It's crazy. I think I, hold on, did I write something? Cause I was going to like explain a lot of things, but I feel like when I wrote it down in, in a rhyme, yeah, two years ago, like my, my cousin sent me this picture of our trip in Montreal a couple of years ago, and I was like, holy fuck, that was a couple of years ago? A couple of years ago, I was 19, and was right before that trip, I was alone in Barcelona as well, like, I had I had gone for about five weeks, so it's like, and then flying back again to this country, it's, um, 
I don't know, man. First time I came to Spain, I was 18. I've been coming here back ever since. And maybe I'll be here full-time forever. Who knows? But it is uh, definitely something to consider when you think of, dang, what do I like? I like, you know, I like cold weather or I like mountains. I like beach. I like, you know, what what on a micro gives you fulfillment and happiness? And also with a macro, you know, I like a country with, you know, um, good institutions, a good healthcare system, you know, some people from Quebec come down to Florida because, you know, the humidity and heat is really good for their knees, other people go to Arizona, which is a completely different type of heat, it's dry as fuck there, so it's, it's all different, it's like, yeah, two years ago I was in Quebec, two years later today, I'm still a wreck, <laughs> from Montreal to Salamanca and everywhere in between, I try to see the things I ain't never seen and say what I really mean, shout out to my first roommate Martin and all the other homies, uh, Alex, Alex, que vive enfrente del mejor plaza en toda Europa. El guapa gringo, Alejandro, el feo mexicano, Martín, el gordito argentino, soy Zé, tu flaquito palestino. From Texas, where I was born, to Florida, where, where I swam, to Vegas, where I ran. Cross-country rookie of the year, 2014. I mean, steak, how's your black beans? Man, I love what I'm doing. May not be, you know, always happy or confident or productive, but I love the process. At least I'm trying and learning to love the process. Laugh now, cry later. Baby, smile, I tell you, I see you later. I bring it to you, I'm the waiter. Stop writer, come writer, her gon' ride you. Crawl inside you, prove your vision, keep your bitches in sight. Cut the bitch like a parasite. Pair of eyes, I got 2020, I've been a lot. Had you told me before, I would've been like, hell nah. Turn on the television, what now? What's that sound? No shit been found. Sometimes I like reading biographies because it takes me away from my own life for a sec. And I guess similarly to, sim similarly to social media and reality shows, you know, celebrity praise and following. Of course, we are intrigued, interested, and nosy about other people's lives, but who we look at, how we look at them. And what we choose to see about them makes a big difference. Again, the reason I bring up the biography thing is because I am still reading uh, Einstein's biography. It's long as fuck. I didn't know this dude's life has so much shit. And there's like a lot of physics and explain. Because here's the thing. It is interesting how so much uh, in the biography of Da Vinci went into hit the art and the history of the region because that is so important in understanding who this guy was. It's almost contingent. It's inherent about him. It's similar to the book uh, Leo the African. It's about a real dude and his life, you know, meeting a Medici Pope, uh, getting kicked out of Granada because of the, uh, you know, the Reconquista of España and taking back the land and kicking out Jews and Muslims or having them convert, going to Morocco and his North Africa adventure, Sicilian pirates, everything that he did, like it's about that time period. But his life is it's like both the micro is the macro and the macro is the micro. It's amazing to see how everything lines up together. And um, with Einstein, it's kind of like that too. You see his approach uh, being coming in his education in Switzerland in one school about the, um, the thought experiments coming in so well with his own personal background, with his own life, with his own dreams, his own daydreams, his own uh, quirks and personality things coming into how he saw things and then that perspective keep developing and developing with his continued natural talent and knack for physics but as well as his discipline as well as the you know that curiosity that he really brought with him 
and it's interesting where you think of like he always thought of like that deduction aspect of it uh, let me go back to the page his his uh, emphasis was primarily on the deductive approach he always had a good feel i'm quoting here i had a good feel for experimental findings and he used this knowledge to find certain fixed points about upon which he could construct a theory so it is I don't know. Of course, scientists, you know, use both. But that's what I was thinking about deduction versus induction. I used to think about that and was taught about that in my criminal. Uh, what was it? Criminal justice? No, I think constitutional law, uh, constitutional law one, I believe. So deduction, you know, you have that general principle deduction, that micro to the micro. It's when you have a, a sort of theory and you're able to explain the micro things because of that. And then you have induction. Think of inference, observation, where you're going from the micro to the macro. So it's like deduction, induction. So macro, micro, and then it goes back to the macro. And uh, it's a relationship there, you know, of zooming in and out. It's another way we think of like the mind and body, right? We talked about the relationship between the mind and body before, especially in relation to uh, mental health and cannabis. And the interesting aspects there I mentioned before with CBD, you know, one of the things you know, being more medical and I think it treats is anxiety. And you think of it as a mental health disorder. And it's like, whoa, the mind and body here interact in ways that we're not exactly sure, but in, in a relationship that needs to be uh, more aware of for us on a day-to-day -day basis, on a micro basis. You know what I mean? So, uh, I'll get into that a little bit more because like the gut and love, you know, brain and heart, the gut and love versus logic, what we know versus what we feel, you know, that balance and intersection. It's like the quote, I'm OK or I know I'm OK, but, you know, your chest is tightening, your heart rate is increasing, you got chills or your body's shaking. It's like what the fuck it's anxiety. Your body's telling you it's anxious as a motherfucker, even though in your head you're like, what the fuck? Like you were just chilling. So sometimes our brain. Our mind tells us something first. Sometimes our body. Does. That's why, in, uh, in like in you know, in Eastern uh, East Asian philosophy, the stomach, the gut, is considered a second brain because it can detect and feel something wrong before the brain knows. It's very. That's why it goes back to uh, that's East Asian philosophy in terms of you know diet as well and what you're eating and all those things and the mother nature and stuff like that because. What we put out to the world, you know, not just mentally, not just with our brain, but, you know, uh, think of our carbon output, think of the pesticides, think of waste, think of so much shit, think of so much people. It's going to come, it comes back to you in a lot of ways. You're going to impact the natural things, what you put into your body. Like you drive a nice car and everything and you want to put the best gas in it, but you got to put the best gas in your stomach. Um, the best food, the best things that your body needs, uh, empower yourself mentally and physically. So we can see two different things and feel the same way right two different lives experiences and environment or we could grow up together seeing the exact same things and end up feeling differently about them so some things diverge some things converge and that's two types of evolution as well some the way two things bridge to bridge down together and the way you know two things might split apart and yeah that's just another micro case of macro philosophy of two and one I mean, sorry, one and one equal to macro and micro. Like they're both one and the same, but also not. You know, certain things could become, certain things do overlap, certain things don't. Uh, there is micro and micro within each one as well and with different cases. And the way you go about examining that is simply, again, taking yourself 
like extracting your using your mind extracting and your eyes and extracting yourself from that like a third person perspective you know this is not a first first person like you you are the video game you are not playing a video game you are the video game so pretend to be you with the controller when you do have the video game you know what i'm saying and and really it's like it's like metaphorically but also a, a way of uh, looking at yourself in the world around you like oh shit examining your environment examining new surroundings examining new people simply from a video game perspective of like oh fuck like this shit is serious you know i, mean, I saw a tweet the other day this dude said just drove around 30 minutes in gta 5 to uh uh to to wind down to chill to relax i was like what the fuck <laughs> like some people take real drive some people literally will you know like to go in their car and drive or take a walk or a bike or whatever and this guy did it in a video game so it's like i always was intrigued by the argument discussion with video games especially with the rated m content and the impact of the, or the assumption the theory that it's what increased violence another factor and for school shootings and things like that and it's i don't know i don't really know psychologically what video games do i remember one time though related well, my eye doctor one time to ask me when i had one when i had glasses he asked me if i had played video games and i said yeah sometimes i was hesitant at first i thought he was gonna say it's not good for me and he told me oh that's cool keep playing uh, especially now and i was like what do you mean it's like you know your eyes are really working you're looking for things they're moving all over the place they're focusing and refocusing in and out of things and um, it's like a good exercise for your eyes. So if you think of when we stare at screens and we're go scrolling, mindlessly scrolling through shit on our phones, we're looking at a light and we're looking at shit, but it's not like we're exercising our eyes. You know, we're, you know what I mean? It's kind of like if you were just to sit on a machine at the gym and just like barely push something, you know, have something done onto you rather than you doing it. You know what I mean? You with the free weights and you're just like fucking hammering those you know uh bench presses and shit and squatting whatever the fuck you're doing and it's like flying deltoids or whatever it's um it is something you want to be more serious about because if you're mindlessly scrolling through your phone what if you're just mindlessly walking through life you know what i'm saying it's like oh shit i was you you play the video game you are not the video game you know what I mean? And that's what I mentioned earlier about Russell Brand. Also talking about, to recap with that, when he, Russell Brand discussed once the, um, or posted this, sorry, if I'm not mistaken, on his Instagram, that, you know, to examine, to, yeah, to examine what you're feeling, not to be what you're feeling. It's two different things. And it, and it goes back to understanding that mind and body. What am I thinking? What do I know? What do I feel? What is What do I feel mentally and versus what, what, what is my body feeling? Because what my body's feeling and what it's telling me, I don't know. It could be so many different things, that soreness you feel, that muscle spasm, that twitch, that pain. Uh, there's so many things. So it goes back to those three pillars, you know, spirit, your spirit, your mind, your body. How can I take care of all three? How can I max out all three? You know what I mean? How can I be at the top of my game in all three, constantly working on all three? Because you don't want to neglect one or two or all of them, and you don't want to be necessarily going back and forth between all three because you might be good in one or two and only need focusing on one you know what i mean you might be there's no need to constantly be requesting yourself because it's not in requesting the seed that you've planted let's say spiritually you know because you put your seeds in the dirt in the soil but you don't keep pulling them out the soil to see are they still there no you just water let the sun shine and let's let that plant grow so you got to see what are you really lacking in and 
that is what I'm saying in a sense because we might look for problems that were not there to begin with. Um, that's also the quote that I mentioned from Andre 3000 when he said that's what happens when in isolation, contemplation, that the mind finds things, uh, likes to look for things that, you know, we're not necessarily there. Sometimes we do that with ourselves, but I'm not just, I don't mean like looking for trouble, uh, looking for addiction or, or, or gangs or toxic relationships. There's actually, you know, a lot of things, factors that goes into that, our, our social environment our own insecurities and fears and there's so many different things for why we do the things we do i just mean in a sense on a normal functioning level uh day-to-day basis you know getting through shit is like do i understand that what i'm eating is not healthy do i understand that i need to lose weight do i understand that you know i'm not exercising do i understand that i'm skinny but i'm not healthy because people think if you're skinny then you're healthy and fat means no no or diet means you need to lose weight or anything like that no diet you know going back to the idea of moderation for everybody that's you know that's why my nutrition and drugs professor dr gunsa used to always say i hate skinny folk i hate skinny folk because y'all motherfuckers think you're always healthy simply for looking thin and of course that's what we pride in our society now when we know back in the day being fat meant I can afford food. It was a social status, a social signal. Automatically, you see a fat dude, he's walking around telling you, look, I can afford this shit, bitch. I can afford to eat. And you see me pale as a motherfucker, don't you? Because I can afford to stay inside. I don't have to be out here in the sun, you know, blazing and and uh, slaving all day. I don't have to. I can be inside doing nothing, eating. And we see that now as one of like a low status thing. It's like, no, I'm outside. I'm sweating. I work out. I wear trendy fit gear. I run around my city. Uh, I do squats. I run up the stairs. I do all this shit to keep myself tan and slim. And that's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? It's exactly what I need to be showing and what, and, and what I need to be doing. But that dude that was pale and, and fat, it's like, all right, cool. I get it. You can afford to be inside and I, you can be fat, you know, back in that day. But what's wrong with getting some vitamin D? Like, you you need to go outside. Like, it's good to go outside. It's good to get some sun. You don't have to always be eating. You know, it's okay to eat until you're satisfied, not necessarily until you're full. So, and same thing right now. Like, all right, cool, you're exercising. But are you doing it for you? Do you understand why you're doing it? Do you understand where it's helping you and why it's helping you? Or are you just, you know, do we understand the intention and the actions of our actions? The, 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 literally, the literal act of doing it, but also the... That mental pre-thought that goes into creating that action. You know what I mean? It takes willpower to do things. It takes discipline to continue to do things. The consistency is really important because it's great. You know, we can all start something, but can we finish things? And not necessarily like finishing, like getting to the end goal, but no. Are you constantly working on that goal? Because it's us, everything is a work in progress. Our own selves, our the own lives that we're creating, our own you know, journeys are themselves a work in, a constant work in progress. That's why, you know, you know these artists are so um, going back on the painting and taking their time and, you know, checking this shit and want, and want everything to be so perfect. And the idea of, of perfectionism is like, shit, how are you going to reach that? And, um, but the question isn't, shouldn't be how you're going to reach it. The question is, are you going to try? Are you going to continue? That's what Gary Vee was talking about the other day about buying the jets. Always saying, oh, I want to buy the jets. And, um, you know, being okay, self-made entrepreneur and wanted to get to a point where he can afford a football team, the same football team, you know, he grew up loving as an immigrant kid in New Jersey, in New York. All right, cool. That's awesome. But that's the journey. That's not like, you know, that is what I need to cross off a list. Otherwise, my life fucking sucks and it has no meaning. No, but holy shit, 
That's a dream that I had that I could plant in my head as a kid. And now I'm actually working and on a pathway to maybe doing that. If I don't, okay, that's fine. But the fact that I can, the fact that it is something that I can think of and then try to manifest, that is literally all we're talking about here. That, that is it. That is the whole purpose. That is the the uh, the positive aspect of the positive aspect and, uh, and as well as the gratitude that goes into acknowledging that type of life that a lot of us, not I don't want to say have, but are capable of having. That is the amazing part, the capable of having. You know, there's... um. There's a Syrian family I know in Vegas, and the, the the father, you know, he's like an uncle to me, and he grew up, you know, literally five, six, seven years old, going to work at, you know, basically like construction sites and doing electrical wiring as a little kid, taking up the, the ladder and going up to the roof of people's houses. It's um, and he grew up with a lot of siblings because his dad had had um, had I want to say two or three wives, if I'm not mistaken. I, th- I think he had three wives, and his mom was the second. So there was a lot of kids. I mean, they had to work since they were young and they would give everything back to their mom. And they did that their entire life. Like, that's all he knows is working, is doing something with his hands and tough labor. Like, shit, like, most of us have never, myself included, have never really even been exposed to, even as adults, simply because, you know, you don't have to. There's so many of us that get paid to do random shit for the neck up, things to get paid doing the neck up versus other people that get paid their entire life to do things they, uh, can, they their body can do from the neck down. I've been going, shit, 21 minutes. I've been going off for a minute here. That is just some, uh, this is, I think, episode three, but, you know, like, the first in this new office, this new studio setting. Hope you guys have enjoyed. Hope you guys have, um, how should I say this? I don't want to say benefited, because, you know, to benefit from something goes back to how you want to see things. But I hope you enjoyed this. At the end of the day, it's like, did you enjoy it? Like, or did you learn something? Because, you know, certain experiences, could you could define them in categories of good or bad. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, from the bad ones, you're going to learn something. From the good ones, you're going to learn something, too. So at the, end of the day, if there's something, at the end of the day, if there's something that we can learn from, there's something that, you know, we could benefit from in a sense of, of, of simply learning, of simple, simply growth. And it doesn't have to be the way we expect it all the time. Growth isn't going to always be you know, a straight arrow shot to the top. It's it's going to have its twists and turns. It's going to have its ups and downs. It's going to have, you know, a bunch of weird directions it goes because it's not going to be a straight line graph. It's not going to be perfect like that. And again, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. It'll never be perfect. But don't get so caught up with the idea that one day you're going to get perfect. But just enjoy the process of and that day-to-day journey of fixing out imperfection is perfection you know what i mean if you can understand that then you can understand that sort of quote-unquote goal of becoming perfect is in reality an imperfect goal so macros and micros keep it going keep living keep chilling keep doing y'all peace